are angels and demons real? I'm awakened. I sit straight up, and there is an angel in the corner of my bedroom. When this spiritual uh, thing showed up, material was manipulated in its presence. Wow. The first thing it said to me was, do not be afraid. What's up, everybody? First ever guest on the podcast. One of my close friends, Pastor Matt Brown, and uh, there's nobody else we want to have on this topic. I'm I'm super glad Ellen canceled today so I could be here. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the wisest guys I know, man, so many times I've been in, 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 in moments of like, kind of iffy supernatural stuff and i'm like i gotta call matt because he would know and tell us a little bit about yourself though for anybody who's like tuning in and yeah married to the same woman 26 years there you Uh, go met her in college my good friend said hey there's a gorgeous blonde in the back of the bus go talk to her so i have (laughs) for the last 30 years and uh three great kids um one of them i think is going to attend your church we're super excited about that uh both my daughters are married can you believe that i'm like a thousand years old now um, and then my son's going to be a sophomore in college. Our a thousand baby. years old, but how many Ironmans have you done? Ten. Ten Ironmans. Right, yeah. Not only does this guy pastor one of the largest churches in America, mm. but hands down best looking pastor with his shirt <laughs> off of all of the pastors. Hey, I know you didn't You didn't know I was going to do this, but this book right here that mm. he wrote, I, you didn't tell me to promote this, but mm. man, I bought this for like 12 different people. If you know anything about the Enneagram, you know anything about... Uh, you want to know something about yourself, right? This book right here will open your. Thank you so much. Yeah, so yeah, good. it definitely helped me. So the, uh, you know, Enneagram I think can really help people find themselves. Yeah. So here's the thing: we do these question kind of answers. Like I'll put on Instagram, or I'll put on people put in the, like the YouTube comments, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, s- topics or subjects that feel complicated, whether it's like faith or life or the Bible. And, you know, the audience isn't just Christians, but, right. you know, we, here we are saying, you know, what what is it about life that's become complicated that maybe God never intended to be complicated, mm-hmm. right? Because we think we're, we're the complicated ones, we're, but, but God didn't design faith to be complicated. He doesn't mm-hmm. want things to be complicated. He wants to help bring clarity and vision and help us. And so one of the topics that comes up is, are angels and demons real? Right. Like, is this a real thing, the supernatural? And so, of course, I called you because you have gnarly stories about things that have happened and have always helped, you know, encourage me in times, like I said, of like weird supernatural stuff going on. And so anybody who's like watching, I'm sure you've had moments where you're like, hmm, what is that right there? Is that like, is that like actual darkness or is that just like, I don't know. Is that just like my superstition? Mm-hmm. So yeah. where do you want to start, man? Are well, angels and demons real? Yeah, so I would say uh, in, in order to keep it uncomplicated, it's one of the questions that Jesus answers for us because Jews 2,000 years ago were divided on the issues. Okay. So Sadducees, um, think of them like Republicans, mm-hmm. uh, did not believe uh, in angels, demons, or an afterlife. They did not. And then Pharisees, um, think of them like make Democrats a, a more liberal view, of, a more holistic view of faith. And Jesus would have been in that category. And that's not to say that Jesus was a Democrat. I'm just saying they were divided, kind of conservative versus more open. Um, and he believed deeply, um, talked to angels, talked to demons, and died because he believed in resurrection. And so, right. so really what he's saying is there is an afterlife, there is a spiritual world, and these things are real. And I think 
part of the reason that that's so hard for us is because when, when we when we go to church or we go to synagogue or uh, we go to a mosque or, or wherever we go in order to kind of tap into that spiritual itch that we have, oftentimes things, things feel very rule-oriented, and so it feels more about um, kind of laws and regulations, and it, it just— it seems about a, like a, a checklist rather than an experience. And I think that's why so many people have moved away from the church because it feels so unspiritual. Yeah. And so I think for those of us who are seekers, who identify as spiritual people, you know, we want to know what's real, what's not real, because not every story is true. Right. Uh, we don't have to believe what everyone says. But here's, you know, if you've come from a Christian background, here's where I would start. Jesus talked to demons. Jesus talked to angels. Jesus said that the afterlife is real. Right. And and so so that's where I start as a Christian. So he is the founder of my faith. And so I just start by agreeing with him kind of intellectually. Yep, these things are real. I think experience, which is what you want me to talk about, is a different thing. Mm. And so it's like I think for a lot of us, you know, we go to church, uh, maybe we've been to a wedding, we've heard a pastor talk, we've heard a rabbi talk. And and maybe there were some, you know, some nuggets there, some fruit, uh, you know, something that, oh, I can, I can take that and maybe help a relationship or maybe it made you feel better, but you never had this moment where you went, oh, something just spoke. Yeah. Something just, like I felt something, something happened. And that's really what we're talking about is, um, you know, we want people to have that experience where I think they, they feel something that they've never felt before. And so what you said is, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, that was just, um, you know, that was just a weird feeling. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt cold. I felt, I felt evil. Like sometimes we don't know how to say what it is. Yeah. Uh, there's a great book by a psychologist in the eighties, M Scott Peck, and he wrote people of the lie. And it's all about, uh, psychology's inability to deal with and name evil. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And that's what he writes about. And ultimately it's evil that makes him become a Christian or leads him to becoming a Christian. Cause he said, Oh wow. wow so there is evil. There are demons. He experiences it. So if there is something negative or bad on the other side, could there be something good? So it's actually his encounter with evil that led him to Christ, which is why I think for a lot of Christians, they say, well, I've never encountered that. And and what I would say is the devil loses when he shows himself. Yeah. His greatest weapon is camouflage. Um, So oftentimes, you know, there's enough evil in the world through racism, uh, sexism, you know, homophobia, whatever, there's enough of human evil that oftentimes it covers a deeper evil, a, a spiritual evil. But there have been moments in my life, which is why I know that you want me on the show, where I've encountered something where I went, well, what yeah. just happened? Like, that was absolutely frightening. And so there are all kinds of stories. And let me tell you a story that I haven't shared with you. Um, this is right before the pandemic, and I was recently reminded of this because my daughter got married, and I got a gift. Uh, somebody mailed a gift to the office for me to give to my daughter. And what she said was, thank you f- so much for what you've done for our house. I want to bless yours. This is someone like in your church sent you a gift or something? Yep. R- a random a random woman that I met, uh, you know, Sandals is very large. I don't know hardly anyone that goes to my church. So right. they know me, right, because I stand on stage, but I don't know them personally. Right. So she, she called the church office and said, I feel like my house is haunted. Like, which, wow. you know, I think most people laugh, haha, you know, whatever. But it intrigued me. You know, I thought if somebody was brave enough to say, you know, hey, I something's wrong with my house. Would you please come? Uh, no one on staff would go. So I said, I'll go. Uh, you know, I mean, because, you know, because, you know, I'm a spiritual seeker. And so I, I, I want to know. And so yeah. I, I talked to her on the phone. I said, what's happening? And she just said, we've, we've bought this brand new home. It makes no sense. You know, as she said, furniture is moving. I feel Whoa. an evil presence. 
Um, I'm feeling all of these things. You know, could, could sh- they were ready to abandon their home. They were ready to declare bankruptcy to get out of this house. That's how Sheesh. terrified they were. So my assistant at the time, Stephanie, I said, you got to go with me. And she's like, I, she's like, I don't want to go with you. And I was like, no, you got to go with me. And so we're driving. We're pulling up to this house. It's me and my assistant who's a female. And she says, she says aren't you afraid? And I said, no. And she said, um, well, what if the devil shows up? Aren't you afraid that you won't be able to outrun it? And I said, I don't have to outrun the devil. Yeah. Just you. <laughs> and she was like, because I'm an <laughs> Iron Man. She was, she was not happy with that. But I'll, I'll never forget this. So we walk into the house, you know, normal wife, normal husband. And, you know, she's crying. She, she wants to move. The husband's like, no, I, he's like, I've definitely seen things. He's like, I, and experienced it. He says, I haven't seen what she's seen. Drawers open, drawers closed, doors open, doors closed. Um, a sliding glass door. Think about how heavy modern day sliding glass doors are, right? Yeah. A door open, door closed. Uh, chair sliding across the dining room floor. So I, you know, I don't know whether to believe her or not. I don't know her personally. And so, you know, I didn't feel anything in the house. But I said, okay, let's walk around the house. And they have a four-year-old son. Um, so, like, like think, like, Sixth Sense movie. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, yeah. I see dead people. Yeah, I'm like, this, right this now, is but. that kid. And, um, and, and I don't mean, like, he's evil or whatever, but he definitely had uh, a sight, I would say, that most people don't have. And so that's why it's called the Sixth Sense, right? So it's a sense and an awareness that I think some people are born with. And they just kind of sense and feel spiritual things. Yeah. I've tended to be one of those people in my life. I've always had a deep awareness of spiritual things, both good and evil. I've been both encouraged by the good and and uh, ministered to, and I've been terrified by the evil. This goes all the way back through my childhood. I've had these crazy experiences. Um, so I go into this house. My, my assistant is terrified. And I don't know why, but I was drawn to the little kid's room. And, and we walk into this room, and he has this gigantic... Uh, chalkboard so the whole wall is like a chalkboard where he can a black chalkboard where he can draw he can color whatever and there's like this creepy scarecrow figure this kid's like four or five he's like he's probably five and i look at this scarecrow figure and i go who's that it's drawn on there it's drawn on the the kid has drawn this picture on um on the wall this sounds like the opening to a movie right yeah and i I say who is that and he says i'm not supposed to tell you stop that's what the five-year-old says I'm not supposed to tell you. Wait, is he four or is he five? I think he's five. So he's old enough that he can articulate this. So he points to his own drawing. His own drawing of a creepy scarecrow. Yeah, keep. You ask him, and he goes, "I'm not supposed to." I'm talk not supposed about to tell you who that oh is. My God. And I said, "Well, do you know who I am?" And he says, "Yeah, you're you're my parents' pastor." I said, "Yes." I said, "Am I a good person or a bad person?" He says, "You're a good person." I said, "Can we tell good people things?" He said, "Yes." And I said, "Do you think I'm here to protect you and help you?" He says, "Yes." I said, I said, who is that person? And he said, it's my invisible friend. I said, okay, well, you know, kids have an imagination, so maybe that's not what it is. I said, is he a good friend or a bad friend? Kid says he's not good. Wow. I said, is he scary? And he said, yes. That's why he made me draw the picture on the wall, so that I know what he looks like, and I know that he's watching me. Right? Stop. No, I'm kidding. The the mom's bawling. The the dad's now. The now the dad I think is. He's gone from like, like, you know, he wants to believe his wife and yeah. he wants, now he's like this, he's ready to sell this house, burn it down. Like he's ready to get out. I go, no, 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 let's not do that. I said, um, I said, will your friend talk to me? And the kid says, no. And I said, well, you tell the friend that I want to talk to him and he doesn't have to talk back, but he has to listen. And the kid says, and so I told him, I want you to go in the name of Jesus. You're never to come here again. By the authority of Jesus Christ, I'm asking you to leave this place and never come back. 
And I asked the kid to go up and erase him. And, and I said, he's now gone. And the kid went up, erased him, and then he ran to his mom crying. Whoa. And uh, he had this um, dream catcher thing hanging above his head. Have you ever seen like a dream catcher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, we need to get rid of that. Because the kid told me it comes to me at night when I sleep. Man. And I said, we're going to get rid of that. We're going to take this away. And I want you to throw it away. And um, the little boy cried. And I said, is he gone? And he said, yeah, he's gone. He's not happy, but he's gone. And I said, is he going to come back? And the little boy said, no, you said he can't. Wow. Parents crying. So so two years later, that, that woman brings that gift. She says, they've never had another experience. No, no, nothing Dude. moving, no chairs, nothing, whatever. So you let me, never told me that yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's, that's okay. an let awesome Let me tell you um, story. A, a, an even more recent one. So I know all the Lakers fans, right? Um, been a bad year. <laughs> so this gal is a Lakers dancer, Lakers girl, great gal, um, aspiring actress, aspiring performer, um, trying to make it in the act, acting industry. I did her wedding. Great gal. She shows up church, dude. Like, so this is probably six months after a wedding. She shows up with her mom and dad and his mom and dad and her husband. Like that, I got like, oh no, divorce, right? Something, and this is not good. She says, she says, I'm losing my mind. I said, what's she going on? She shows up at like your office? No, church on Sunday. Okay. She's like, she's like, I, I need to, I need to, I need to tell you like what's going on. And um, I said, what's happening? And she said, I can't sleep at night. And I said, okay, what's going on? She said, when I go to sleep, something's pressing on me in my bed and trying to kill me when I sleep. I've heard stories of this. Yep. A lot of stories. A lot of people have, yeah. have had shared with me this same experience and she's sobbing and she said i've been to the er twice and um you know they're they're prescribing xanax and um you know it's not helping and i can't sleep and she said um but pastor matt i woke up this morning with something very different and um beautiful gal um her husband's there mom and dad's there his mom and dad's there she said i need to show you something she takes off her shirt she has marks on her chest. She has red handprints. Stop. All over her her chest, like her breasts. You saw the yes. prints. Her stomach, her back, the back of her trunk. Handprints. Red handprints. She's crying uncontrollably. They they took her to the ER. They were going to 5150 her. The hospital prescribed Benadryl. Thinking it was like an allergic yeah, reaction. Yeah, an allergic reaction. Dude, they were red handprints. Dude. We prayed over her, like, like right there, man, in the name of Jesus. And and I know some people think this is, dude, this was, it was so crazy. I said, can I take a picture? And, you know, she it was appropriate. It was an inappropriate picture. Um, I said, can I take a picture? And and somewhere, I mean, I've got to, I've got to find this picture. I have these picture of these red handprints. Now, I can't, I can't scientifically say to you, it's a hand, dude, it, right. you and I both know what a right. handprint looks like. Right. And it was in multiple angles, multiple directions, all over her body. And that's what she said. She's like, the, the hospital said, "Well, maybe you're you're you're, you're you got something on your hands, like a a chemical, and you slept, and you've been scratching." And dude, I mean, if she's a contortionist, maybe. Wow. Like, can you imagine? Like, I I couldn't sleep with a handprint in the middle of my right, back. Right, right, right. And the husband's like, "It ain't my hand." Yeah. Like he's like he's terrified. So um so we prayed um and it, it had been happening. I think she said for two weeks, and I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, "You need to move." And for those who don't know what the Holy Spirit is, that's the part of God that speaks spiritually to believers, to Christians. You need, to, and I told her you need to move, and and they did, and she never had the experience again. Um, so that was one. Both of, I share both of those experiences because it was a spiritual encounter that had a physical 
manifesta- manifestation. Right. That doesn't always happen, but uh, usually it's a sense, it's a feeling, um, you know. And here's what I would say is, is if you're experiencing something that cannot be explained scientifically, it's not attached to you emotionally. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you're not stressed, you know, or, or physically. So you haven't slept, you haven't eaten, you haven't used any drugs. I think that we need to have a category that this might be spiritual. Yeah. And that's what I would say. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I think we're losing the mental health battle in our country is because we think everything is biological. Mm-hmm. So you just need a pill or maybe you need a counselor. So everything, we have two categories for uh, what I would call um, feeling attacked by anxiety, by depression, by, by something. And we say it's either emotional or it's biological. So, but, but I would say it's, it's two other categories that we need to talk about. It can be social yeah. uh, and it can be spiritual. And so, um, you know, when Jesus, um, crosses this, the sea of Galilee and he meets Legion yeah. and for the, for those who don't know their Bibles, this is a guy who's demon possessed and his name is Legion because it means many, right? Like I, many. And, and what I tell my church is, I don't think it means he just has many demons. I think he has many problems. Okay. So let's, let, let's run through the list. So does this guy probably have a biological biochemical problem? Yeah, probably. You know, he, he suffers from some kind of psychosis. Does he have a, um, uh, is he encountered emotional issues? Absolutely. You live, if you live in a tomb, like, you know, those are your friends and, and people chain you. That's, you yeah. Know. So the scriptures, the story says, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. He sleeps at night in the tombs in the graveyards yeah. and they, cries like an animal. They tie, they put chains yeah. on him, but he has supernatural yeah, strength, strength that breaks it off, right? Mm-hmm. Every kid in the neighborhood's going to bed afraid this right. guy's going to climb through their right. window, right? Yeah. And he's naked. Yeah, he's naked, but <laughs> naked. Yeah. So, and he's he's socially isolated. So, and that's what happens to us, right? When we we're battling a mental illness, you know, the Bible says he who a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. Okay. So, and think of what's happened in our culture the last two and a half three years. We've all isolated ourselves because we're afraid. Yeah. So we've isolated ourselves, and and oftentimes. I think that opens the door to some some very very unhealthy things. So he has a biological problem. He has a um, an emotional problem. He has a social, social problem. problem. Yeah. But there's also a spiritual problem, yeah. and we know that because Jesus speaks to the devil that's in him. Yeah. And he, and the devil says, "My name is Legion, for we are many." Nobody talks about that, Matt. Everyone just talks about the demonic side right. of it. But it's like this guy's got way more issues than right. just that. So here's what I would say: is the church only talks about demons, right? hospitals only talk about psychosis right we need to talk about both yeah and social and social yeah and so and i mean look at you you guys have such a great ministry here to homeless people they have social issues they feel isolated disconnected unseen and here's the thing is two thousand years later we're we're still not treating these kind of people very well right you know and um and and we need a holistic approach and so for every skeptic out there I would say part of that holistic approach is to admit that we're spiritual people. And that's what M. Scott Peck, a a licensed psychiatrist, he's not a believer, he's he's a self-identified atheist, he came to the conclusion that there are things that cannot be described by personality and psychosis. Not everything is a bipolar disorder. Right. There's something here. There's something else in the room is what he says. Mm -hmm. And and, and as a, a medical practitioner, he starts asking questions. And, and, and this is what I would say for everybody who's seeking. Jesus, I think, gives one answer for every hundred questions he asks. <laughs> yeah, that's, right? Yeah. So, so Jesus is not the great answer giver. He's the okay. great question asker. And so to be a spiritual person, you have to learn to ask questions. Yeah. So what is this? Um, 
you know, wh why does, wh why despite all of our best intentions, like if there was an opportunity to unify around something, I think COVID should have been it. Like, let's work together. Let's yeah. come together. Cause like, this is a threat to all of us, regardless of your race, your sexual orientation, your age, your wealth, right? This is, this is a huge issue for all of us. Uh, COVID killed indiscriminately. Like, doesn't care who you are. Yeah. It, you know, you know, you know me. I got super sick. I'm super healthy. It it wiped me out. But we couldn't come together. Why is that? Because there's something else at work. Uh, even in marriages, even in your relationship with your kids, think about the relationships in your life where you love someone so much, and it's the most broken relationship. Right. Why is that? Right. Maybe it's the room's more crowded than you think, mm. and it's not just well they're crazy. You're right. Okay, well, maybe they are, but maybe there's something else. And so that's the thing is, w w w my encounters, and, and for those of us who are Christians, I think um, you're a little skeptical, and you know my story. So so I read a book, um, this is 20 years ago, called Defeating Dark Angels. It's by a, a professor at the University uh, Fullerton Seminary. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, man, it opened my eyes to, oh, my gosh, even as a Christian, I can be subject to this. And so I went and prayed with him. And, and you know the story. He prayed over me, and, and he said, so I'm a Christian, right? He said, you are under attack by the demon of discouragement and depression. Wow. And he called this demon out, dude, and I almost threw up. So I had a physical response to his spiritual command. And so I So you were like— so you read a Defeating Dark Angels, yes. and he's the author? Yeah. So you like said, I got to meet with this author? I realized my problem was not just emotional and not just physical. Think about so many people who have these undiagnosed pain issues. Right. Right. They don't know why. Okay. Could be mental, stress, um, fear, anxiety. Could be spiritual. And so what I do is I don't know what it is, so I speak to it all. Yeah. You know, and I challenge people to do the work. Uh, you know, some change takes work. And so when, when here's one of the things I think Christians me, miss about that exorcism. So when he brings Legion out, the very next thing is when people come, Jesus is sitting down talking mm -hmm. to him. Yeah. You know what I call that? Counseling. So he's seated and he's clothed, clothed and he's in his right, right mind. mind. Yeah. And Jesus yeah. is counseling him. Yeah. And he's helping build his, and then what's his first request? Let me become a follower yeah. of you. Because why? Because he's socially isolated. Jesus says, no, you have to go back to your people. I never thought about that. You, you've been yeah. isolated from your people. You don't need me. You need your mom. Yeah. You need your dad. You need your brother, your sister. You need your whole family network that you've been isolated from. You need to go back to mm. them and tell them what God has done for mm. you. Yeah. And for you know all your listeners who are Christian, that's all evangelism is, is telling people what God has done for you. Yeah. And, um, and, and so he does that, but we, we, we see this incredible healing take place that is multifaceted and is holistic. And so I think a lot of us as Christians, we think we're human beings with spirits. I think we, the Bible says we're spirits with bodies. Yeah. And, and so there's things about us that we can't understand that don't make sense. And I've seen these things and these things are real. And, um, I don't know why everybody doesn't see it. I, I don't have an answer for why God has repeatedly allowed me to experience these things. Because I've not just seen uh, demons or experienced demons. I've, I've seen angels. And, um, and wow, that's a whole other story, you know, like of, of, of a different kind of fear. Um, you know, um, but this is what I tell people is encountering the spiritual. I'm a surfer. It's kind of like when you get this sense that there's a shark in the water. Yeah. You can't always yeah. see it, but there's something 
there's something in the animal that God made me. I have this instinctual sense of, of danger. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't tell you how many times, you know, we've gotten out of the water and a lifeguard will say, yeah, there was a shark. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't see the shark. It didn't bump me. But something in me that I, that, like, I, I have this antenna yeah. that I don't completely understand. And it, 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 it uh, makes me aware of physical danger that I can't see. And it makes me aware of spiritual danger that I can't see. Yeah. But my body's feeling it. Let me ask you about that, I don't know, frequency or radar yeah. or whatever it is. Because right. I think anybody, I think probably if someone's searching on YouTube right now, mm. are angels or demons right. real or is there such thing as a supernatural? Maybe that's how they found this video, right? right. Um, I think a lot of people can point to a time when they just felt like something was off. Like yeah. you said, like a shark was in the water. I know there's plenty of yeah. times. And then we try to find a category, right, mm-hmm. Matt? But there's no supernatural category So um, for a lot of people. So, mm. I mean, I, I think about like when we were in... Uh, years ago, I don't know how many years ago, me and you were in Machu Picchu in, mm. per, in Peru. Right. And remember how we were we were at that place where there was like ancient sacrifices yeah. of like humans or babies there. Yeah. And I remember this feeling. Mm. I want to say I got that feeling, bro, before they even told us about that. Like mm. this is a dark spot. Mm. Like this feels dark right here. This and is where thousands of women were sacrificed. Their hearts were pulled out of their chest while they were alive. And then there's like residue in the atmosphere like in the spiritual realm and you can just like feel it i don't know if that's like actual demonic presence or what is that because i think some people move into a house i had when i first got married i moved into a new place with Mm. with, with my wife and i had like nightmares three nights in a row and it was like witchcraft kind of nightmares i'm like what happened in this place before Mm. you know and then also you know i want you to talk about angels i want Mm. you to talk about Christ, like the yeah. story you told where you said, Hey, you know, tell you, you told, you told the five-year-old kid, you said, yeah. Hey, is he going to come back or not? And that kid recognized mm. authority right. from something mm. that was greater or bigger mm. supreme over his, over this demon or this mm. friend. And so I don't know, but like, let's make sure to talk about that because when you said that you weren't afraid going in, mm-hmm. like you, I definitely don't, I don't, I, I, I recognize that there's something evil, but it's not something that makes me afraid necessarily. Mm. I, have, I mean, I've seen some gnarly stuff, but mm. it wasn't like, you know, when you're in those moments where you sense darkness or when you, when you like feel like there's a, someone else in the room, like you said, where does that, where are we supposed to go there? And please talk about angels because I yeah. want to hear, hear that again. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> A couple of years ago, so this is the only time I've ever seen an angel in my life. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, I lost a, f- a good friend to suicide. And uh, I was really wrestling with, so I believe that when we die, uh, we stand before Jesus. Um, Muslims believe this. Christians believe this. Um, um, Jews believe you stand before God and are judged. But, but Muslims and Christians, we both believe that Jesus runs judgment day. And we stand before him and our lives are judged. And based upon that judgment, we go to one of two places. We go to paradise with him, and you and I believe because we're saved by grace, not because of something we've done. Or, based on our own merit, we, we spend eternity apart from him. And, and I was really wrestling with my friend Stephen, uh, who took his life, because there was a part of Stephen that he, he, he never let me know about the depths of his struggle. He never talked to me about his depression. Uh, he had never said he'd had suicidal thoughts. He was actually getting married. He's getting married 14 days before he took his life. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was a shock, right? He's in love. Um, you know, he's... And then when I was reading his journal, um, right, there's this whole other person that I don't know, this whole other struggle that he felt like 
you know, he couldn't tell me. And so part of me, right, I have to, I have to own my part in that. Okay, was I attentive? Was I aware? And I remember I saw him at church, that, you know, a couple of days before he took his life. You know, he waved, he's smiling. Hey, man, super excited about your wedding. Um, you know, I was going to do it. You know, um, we were friends. I was going to perform the, the wedding with him. Um, I guess oversee is the word. And so his dad came up to me and, and he just said, you know, is, is, is Stephen in heaven? Mm. And I think all of us want to say, oh, yeah, 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 of course. Because right in our culture, everybody goes to heaven. Like no, dogs go, cats go, <laughs> everybody goes to heaven, you know, which is so is such a reverse from the ancient world. You know, I believe the pyramids are not tombs. I think they are um, devices built representing eternal life. Mm. So, you know, the Pyramid of Giza, right, has has a tomb beneath it in the ground. And then it has a secondary chamber known as the queen's chamber. And then it has the elevated chamber known as the the um, the king's chamber. And they all point to Orion's belt in the sky. And it's it's this question of how do we get up there? So for us Christians, that's answered in God came down to us right. to take us there. But for the Egyptian, how, how does someone attain eternal life? There that, that was this question. And it was thought that it was only reserved for super righteous people or pharaohs, kings of old. You know, everyday guys like you and me had no shot. Nowadays, it's the reverse. Everybody's, everybody goes everybody's going to heaven. You know, like, I've never done a funeral where somebody's like, yeah, that dude's in hell. Mm. But I was really wrestling with my friend Stephen because he lived two lives. Right. He lived his public life, and then he had this private struggle, um, and he was very different. Uh, he talked about his addictions. He talked about his struggles, his anger, his hatred. All of that came out in the journal. And so, Let me ask one thing as I jump in. Yeah. You were struggling. Your question was like, is my friend Stephen in heaven right. because of this double life? Like, yeah. do I even know this guy? Yeah. Not necessarily because of what a question you and I get asked all the time. You know, the other day I was walking into church. Somebody basically pins me against the wall mm. and they're like, hey, my sister committed suicide. Mm. Does that mean she's in hell? Right, right. And so just real quick for anybody who's listening right now, like... Yeah, so, so you know, for a long time, I think the church really struggled with the act of suicide because killing yourself is a sin. Right. And so for the Roman Catholic Church, it's it's how do you go to heaven when your last act on earth is a sin? Um, and so, um, you know, the, the Bible talks about sins that lead unto death and sins that don't. Unfortunately, John doesn't tell us... He doesn't give us a list of what those sins are that lead to death, and we should not pray for those. That's what he says. So we don't know exactly what that was. The assumption over the years is, oh, it's suicide because, because okay. you, you commit sin and then right there's nothing we can do right. for you because you're dead. But we don't know that. And the church knew very little about mental illness. Mm -hmm. You know, people, when people become mentally ill, they become a different person. Right. And so, um, so I think historically, I think the Catholic Church has changed their position on this. There's more clarity about mental illness. And we realize our loved ones, um, you know, I just... Uh, I just met with a pastor. Did you hear about that pastor whose wife took his life, took her life? So five kids, like mm. disaster. And he just told me, he said, when my wife became mentally ill, she was a different person. And right. when he when he told his kids that she was dead, his six-year-old said, yeah, but when is my mom coming back? Mm. Not not the crazy mom. When is my mom coming back? Because um, she got what was called, instead of postpartum depression, there's a thing called postpartum psychosis. And okay. his wife got that. Um, and, and that can be, you know, where women hurt their babies, women yeah. do things to themselves, like they, they just... You become a different person. You become a different person. Um, and, and that's what he said is, he said, I know my wife loved Jesus and served God. My wife with her mental illness became a completely right. different person who was solely focused on self-harm. 
You know, right. he lost his wife in a mental institution. They were supposed to be watching her. Oh my god! And she figured out a way to 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 hurt herself in that situation. So um, I just asked that because you know someone could be hearing. Yeah. Were you worried about Stephen because yeah. suicide is this unforgivable sin? No, I was worried that I didn't know him and right. that you know. So 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 if he kept all this from me, right? What else did he kept from me? Mm-hmm. I think his dad's question. His dad's Irish, Roman Catholic. I think his dad's question was more focused on, hey. Because my son killed himself, is he not in heaven? Right. That wasn't my question because I don't. I don't think one sin in the end can overdo what Christ did on the cross. Okay. I just. I don't think that that's possible. Uh, I don't want to encourage people. I think sometimes we 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 oh well they're in a better place. I think sometimes we encourage suicides. So we have to be careful. Um, you know, if you're struggling with mental illness, tell somebody. Because here's the thing: is my friend Stephen, I believe is in heaven, and we'll talk about why. His parents are still in hell. Mm-hmm. Here. They miss him terribly. Their their life will never be the same, and so how about that girl he was going to marry right. fourteen oh, days man. later? Yeah, yeah, right. So unreal. Yeah, sure. Her life will never be the same right. either. And so, um, because one of the lies you tell yourself, especially people that I've talked to that struggle with suicide, is is everyone will be better off without me. Right, and that's just not true. Right, it's just not true. Um, everyone you love will be hurt. Right. for the rest of their physical life. And, and, and that my friend is a testimony to that. So he asked me, Stephen, go in heaven. And, and, I, and I just said, I don't know. I got to pray about it. Wow. I don't know. Uh, and some people would say, oh, you should have said yes to bring in peace. But I, my vision is to be real. He cornered me. I was grieving. I, didn't, I wasn't prepared for that question. Um, I mean, we're at the house cleaning up the mess. My friend left a big mess when he took his life. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Um, it was not a pretty exit. Um, so this is just like, this is terrible. So I come home, I tell my wife that I, you know, we're planning the funeral. I'm meeting with them. Um, there's going to be tons of people at this funeral. This guy's young, whole life ahead of him. It's going to be massive. I mean, hundreds, hundreds of people are going to be at this funeral. And I'm just wrestling with that question. Yeah. Where is he? So I'm asleep in my bed and I'm awakened in the middle of the night. Like, dude, I mean, I'm awakened. I sit straight up and there is an angel in the corner of my bedroom. Do you remember the matrix when Neo figures out that, um, that it's all code Mm -hmm. and he flexes and the walls bend? Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. And I'm not saying the matrix is real. I'm just saying when this thing, when this spiritual, uh, thing showed up, Material was manipulated in its presence. Wow. It was, it was crazy. It was terrifying. It was, I, I was afraid. The first thing it said to me was do not be afraid. Wow. Which is in the Bible, for those of you who read your Bible, it's almost every person's encounter with an angel. That's almost always what you hear. Do not be afraid. And so I think we think of angels as these, these beautiful Maybe like a little baby, you know, <laughs> this thing, this thing. Um, and it's why I think Revelation, the book of Revelation is so weird. He's trying to describe spiritual things with, with a physical picture. And so p- people always ask me, I was actually in Huntington Beach last week and this kid came up to me. He's like, hey man, I listen to your podcast. You talked about angel, you know, and he was asking questions. And I said, you're asking me to describe things that we've never seen with things that I have seen. Right. And I, I can't. And that's why I think we get these weird descriptions of it had the head like a lion, the face like a goat, and seven yeah, eyes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so so this thing had form. Um, How big was it? 
it seemed gigantic. Like I'm saying, so the corner of my bedroom seemed to expand. It it felt overwhelmingly large. Like from my perspective, you know, it felt two to three times larger than me. Wow. And even to this day, when I go into my bedroom, I look at that corner of my room and it doesn't make sense. Like it, I'm like, how, you know, well, it expanded to make room for its presence. It also had a weapon of some kind or, or a, uh, like a scepter of power in its hand. And it was reclining. That's the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't in a, uh, an aggressive stance at all. It was completely at peace. Right. And it was like reclining. And it's, so it said, do not be afraid. And then, um, I'm changing my language from the pronoun it to he. He said, um, and I'm only using it because I don't didn't know what it was, and now I'm using he because it had a masculine feel to it. Um, but again, it's spirit, right? So right. I'm, I'm trying to use words. But he said, um, Stephen is with us. He is with me. Whoa. That's what he said. So, he, so here's the thing is, so we're Christians, right? So he spoke in a singular plural form. As Christians, we worship a God who is plural. He is Elohim. For those, if anybody knows Hebrew, the way that you make something plural in Hebrew is with im. That's masculine plural, im. Uh, do you guys have Burger Im in LA? Mm-mm. So Burger Im is a Jewish hamburger restaurant, which means burgers. Hamburger is masculine. Im is plural, Burger Im. So um, that's the only way I can. That makes tra- sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we worship a God who is 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 a singular spirit God, one God, but exists in three persons, and that's exactly how He spoke. He is with us. He is with me. That's insane. Right. At first, I thought it was Jesus. So remember in Revelation when 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 John falls down and worships, and the angel says, "No, no, 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 don't do that." Right. And and I really wrestled with that. Was that God? And then I realized, no, it was the angel of the Lord. And so here's why. Angel, for those of you who don't know the Bible, the word angel means messenger. Right. That's all it means. And so think of think of it like a, a spiritual being that carries a voicemail. Okay. So the angel spoke to me with the voice and authority of God. And that's why I believe he said, he is with us, he is with me. He was relaying the sure. exact words of God, and that's what it felt like to me, and that's why it confused me. And I had to, I had to, I had to, like, I had to process this, like, what was that? How do, I, how do I calculate that? What did his voice sound like? It was English? Like, yes, I heard him in English. You heard, do not be afraid, in yes, English. in English. He is, he is with us, he is with me, in English. Wow. Yeah. I... I probably would not have been able to comprehend it in Hebrew. So my, 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 my relationship to Hebrew is such that I have to hear it slowly multiple times and yeah. usually read it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Hebrew is just such an, a different language from English. It's a verb-oriented language. Right. So everything works around the verbs. So, um, yeah, so he spoke English to me. Um, and I, I remember sitting up straight. I'm still terrified. I, I, I don't feel afraid, but I feel in awe. Uh, I feel like I should not be seeing what I'm seeing. Mm. Um, so like when we talked about um, my experiences with evil, I never saw things. There were manifestations of of it moving, um, sorry about this, moving in uh, in the room or with the boy in his in his drawing, but I didn't I didn't see it. Um, with this, I saw it. 
I saw it with my own eyes and I heard it with my own ears. I mean, colors, facial expressions, is it more animal? No. Is it more human? Is what I mean, you can't give us any description? Um yes, okay. It had the form of a human. Okay. But it was not human. So and so what I mean by that it had a it had a had a vague outline that from my eyes looked human. Some kind of recognizable arms, legs, yes. scepter. Yes. It was holding a, sh a scepter. I never saw its face, okay. even though I was staring right at it. I was not able to see his face. Wow. So, like, I couldn't see his eyes. I couldn't see facial expression. I still can't in my mind. What it felt like was a spirit floating, like in water, at ease. It was crazy. Um, and it had, a, it, had a, it had a scepter or weapon of authority in its right hand. And it was it was reclining, um, and I said, I said, what do you want me to do now? And he said, go to sleep. <laughs> and I looked over, and my wife is sleeping peacefully in the bed right next to us. And I remember wanting to speak to her, but no words came out. I I was saying to her, wake up, like like I was trying to yell, wake up, so and, she could see. Yeah, and she was completely asleep. And he said again, go to sleep. And I said, okay. And I went to sleep. And people say, oh, it's just a dream. It's 10 years ago. I, I, like when I'm talking to you about it, it's like it happened last night. Like I, the vivid detail of everything he said, and I've thought about it, I've wrestled with it. Um, and you know, the Apostle Paul said, I was caught up to the third heaven, whether in body or in spirit, I do not know. Right. I went into a realm and a place that I don't understand. Some there was some intermediate place between heaven and earth where God met me, and it, mm. and it was it manifested. Um, so just like if you if you're if you're Jewish and you go to the Temple Mount, right? So Muslims believe it's holy, Jews believe it's holy, Christians believe it's holy. Like so, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, that that originally is basically a shed where David meets the angel of the Lord. Mm. I mean, so it's like a barn. So thousands of years ago, that's just a barn in the middle of a field, and that's and that's where he met the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him either through as the Lord or or the angel of the Lord, and that's the place that's holy, right? Uh, forever, this is the place where he met God, and he's going to worship God. That's what it felt like. It felt like this, kind of like Jacob's ladder um, in the book of Genesis, where mm -hmm. he saw angels descending and ascending mm -hmm. on this thing. So mm -hmm. what does he call? Why does he call it a ladder? Because he's got to use. He's got to use the words that that he has. I mean, this is what I feel like. I feel like I'm a kindergartner trying to describe astrophysics to somebody with my vocabulary. <laughs> like, right? Like, so um, it's just so, it's so hard to communicate what this is. I remember I, I got into some tax trouble a couple years ago. We, um, we sold a property and they wrote my social security number down wrong. So somebody got a tax credit and I oh didn't. Oh my gosh. It was awful. So I'm on the phone with this woman whose English was very limited and my tax understanding <laughs> is very limited and we're trying to communicate to each other. And it, I just said, this is not working. Like I, I, I don't know enough about tax to understand what you're saying. And, 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 and the level of your English is like, I, like we, it was, and I just, she just laughed and I said, okay, we're going to, we're going to get you to talk to somebody else. But that's how I feel like I'm trying to describe this. And I have, I have a language that's limited and I have an audience that's limited 
and I'm trying to explain this encounter that I had. But dude, thanks for trying. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you know, some of us have seen things and you've been following Jesus long enough. Yeah. You're going to encounter the supernatural. Yeah. I mean, just like you said, when we first started, you're like, we believe in the demonic because yeah. Jesus believed in the yeah. demonic. Jesus talked to angels. Jesus talked to demons. Yeah. That means there's, that means that's real. Right. Right. So even if you have no experience, just if Jesus mm -hmm. believed, if it's good yeah. enough for Jesus and mm -hmm. that's where, where it starts now, then you follow Jesus long enough. You start mm -hmm. to see the evil behind some of these horrible things that we right. see in our world today. Uh, and then you also get to see if, you know, some, some miracles and right. some supernatural stuff. And in those moments, you, I've looked back on these moments where I've prayed for people and seen them healed yeah. or I have encountered mm -hmm. demons, right? I have prayed for people and seen, yes, I've seen exorcisms. I've, I've seen it, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, I'm really reluctant, Matt, to talk about it because right. an un, an unfamiliar, unchurched, mm -hmm. or you know, or a skeptical person would just be like, Matt's crazy. Right. So I think, thank you so much for just boldly saying, look, yeah. I'm trying my best to explain this. I'm like a kindergartner explaining astrophysics because right. most of us, I mean, a lot of us have these stories and we're mm -hmm. reluctant to even try to share them yeah. because it's like putting this stuff into words is like mm -hmm. trying to come up with language to define something that I don't have a reference point for. So thank you for just being bold. Yeah. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, let me give you one that happened last month. So, you know, Tammy, my wife, her yeah. mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Right. Um, very, very scary, super aggressive, super rare form of cancer. Um, and uh, they had a biopsy. So from this biopsy, they, they were able to identify the cancer and its stage. And they basically said, get your life in order. Um, there's, there's not a lot we can do for you. Um, but it was, uh, a, a uterine cancer. Um, and so they said, we're going to, we're going to do a surgery where we take your uterus out. I, I can't, all the women are going to laugh because they know exactly what that is. I forget what that's <laughs> called. Um, but they were going to take their uterus out. So we prayed, my wife prayed, she cried and she asked God, she said, God, this is what my wife said. She said, I want my mom to be at my son's wedding. Mm. I need you to, I need you to heal her. She prayed that in Jesus' name. And some of your some of your audience is like, whatever. So my mother-in-law has cancer surgery. They remove the uterus. The hospital calls her to let her know what stage cancer it is, how much time she has, how aggressive it is. And they say, we have a problem. The uterus has been removed, surgically removed. There's no cancer in the uterus. Stop. So, right, you and I would say miracle. Hospital right. says problem. Like you don't like you know what I'm saying. We just right. did a surgery. Yeah, you don't go taking out a uterus. Right, it's perfectly good. Nope, we don't do that. So they go back to the original biopsy. They retest it. Comes back again, exact same. Then they go back and they double check her uterus again. They do this weird kind of wash on it. No cancer. Unreal. And the doctor said we have no medical explanation for this, other than and we can't say it's a mistake because we've 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 rechecked the biopsy. It's come back the same. We've, we've rechecked your, this is going to go in a medical journal. Wow. The doctors told my mother-in-law, these are the things we just have to call miracles. Wow. The doctor said that. Mm -hmm. And so, so for everybody listening, you think this, this doesn't make any sense. This, this, this can't be true. I've seen God do this many times in my life where we ask, and, and you know the story where I saw the kid come back to life. Yeah. Um, Don't just throw that out there. I know. Don't I just know. be like, well, that one story with the, yeah. the kid raised from the dead. You got to tell the story. Yeah. Now. Oh, man. So Tell the story. So we were, do, we were on a medical mission trip in Vietnam, and uh, we were traveling with 200 doctors 
two hundred doctors yeah, in Vietnam. Medical personnel. Yeah, we're doing. We're like a. We're like a traveling hospital. I am not a doctor. I'm a chaplain. And they did a cleft palate surgery on a, a 15-month-old boy. So cleft palate is when the mm-hmm. face doesn't close, the kid can't swallow right, can't eat right, mm-hmm. struggles with malnutrition. Uh, we have a plastic surgeon, great team, does that. Everything went great. When they pulled him off anesthesia, uh, he went into cardiac arrest and stopped breathing. How old was he? He was 18 months. Wow. So um, they did they did everything they could for eight hours. And um, eventually they, they, the medical team made the decision to call him dead. And uh, the chief medical officer said, we're not going to call him dead until Pastor Matt Brown prays over him. So I show up to the hospital. I have to scrub in just like a surgery. The kid's still on the OR table. He's on the OR table. Eight, eight hours? Eight know? hours, yeah. No, no pulse, no breathing, no brain activity, nothing. The, kid's, oh like, the kid was dead. And here's the thing I would tell everybody. I felt, he, here's one of the ways that you know when something is spiritual. You feel a weight that you've never felt before. Mm. So in the Bible, things that have value the word that they use in Hebrew is weight. So the glory of God is actually the weight of God. So if something is meaningless, it has no weight. It's light. It's flippant. Um, and so what I felt was this heavy pressure, almost like I felt like God himself was pushing me into the ground as I walked into the room. And um, all the doctors, this is a true story. There's a big surgeon from Texas, big giant guy. And he said, just effing call it. The kid is dead. Wow. That's he and he threw so in America everything's plastic. In Vietnam everything's metal. He throws this metal dishpan against the wall. He's pissed. Because what I didn't know at the time is they all thought they killed this kid. They thought they were gonna go to jail. We're in a communist country. We're we're, we're guests of, of the country oh, of Vietnam. I didn't even think about yeah. that. So they think they're so now it's whose fault is it? Right? So it's blame game. Um and he said just call it. But he's not the he's not the doctor that did the surgery. So um Dr. Hardesty the plastic surgeon, he's in the corner crying. Mm. So think about it. this guy. This guy's a plastic surgeon. Yeah, he he, he took two weeks off vacation. Right. He traveled around the world. Right. He's killed a kid, so he's processing that. So they say, let's pray, and I pray over this kid. And this is what I prayed. I'll never forget. I said, dear Jesus, we did this. Wow. We we meant to help. We hurt this kid. We came to save lives. We killed this kid. I said, Jesus, in Jesus' name, I need you to fix this. And I said, in Jesus' name, Amen. And when I said Amen, I kid you not, this lifeless dead body is on this table. He's butt naked. He's completely naked. That's one of the weird things about surgeries in other countries. Like, there's no, like, like you know, we're covered from head to right, toe in right, America. Right. Uh, and only the spot that they're working, like, in Vietnam, you're butt naked. Like, man, woman, child, doesn't matter. You're naked. And he's naked on this table. And I'm praying over his abdomen um, while a doctor is trying to airbag him because the, the, the machine won't work anymore. The, the machine to keep him alive won't work. So the machine has said, the child is dead. The doctor that wants me to pray is airbagging this kid, trying to push air into these lungs, and it's not working. I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, heal this little boy. His little penis, as soon as I say amen, his little penis goes erect, straight up. Whoa. Freak me out, because my, my hands are on his abdomen. I back up, and he pees. Stop. Well, I don't know that, but that's a sign of activity, brain activity. Wow. And I and I look at his face, and he opens his eyes, and, and he looks at me, and he starts crying. Because oh he's just got a bunch of white people staring at him, right? He's a little yeah, Vietnamese yeah, kid. He's yeah. probably never seen a white person in his life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dr. Vian Doan was Vietnamese, but he's looking at me. Right. Dr. Doan scoops him up. The kid is in his mother's arms an hour later, no brain damage, nothing Stop. wrong, completely healed. Unreal. Right? And I saw that. And you know when I told that story at Saddleback Church, I had the doctor in the OR room stand and testify that that happened. Because I think we hear those stories, we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And even me, like I tell you that, I'm telling you that kind of flippantly, 
when I saw that, I was in absolute awe. There's something about the name of Jesus that has power in it because absolutely, because because uh, I can't do that justice. Yeah, I, mean, I I can say words over you all day long. They don't do it twice in this podcast, Matt. Yeah, you've gotten teary eyed talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. these stories. Yeah. Yeah. And people who are listening on Spotify yeah. or whatever yeah. can't see that. I don't know if YouTube can pick it up. But yeah. that's what I wish I wish I could grab time. your I wish I could grab your audience. And and I know they don't know if if I'm real. They don't know. And I wish I could just shake people and be like, Yeah. Like you are not a, an accident. There's a divine mind yeah. who has existed for all eternity and he loves you and he's created this place to know you and sin Come separates on. you from him. And 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 he loved you so much he became a human being and he lived this crappy life amongst us. And he was so good, we killed him. <laughs> yeah, like that's what we do. Um, you know, I always think about Jesus every time I listen to YouTube Bloody Sunday. Like yeah. that's what we do to goodness. We kill it because it it shows us ourselves. But he still forgave us, and it turns out he died on purpose yeah. for us, and, and he loves us, and and he wants a relationship with us forever. And and I wish that your audience could know. Um, probably the reason most people have never experienced the devil is he doesn't want them to know. And so he's just going to work through people. He's going to work through racism, sexism, homophobia. He's going to work through all those things. So you think the problem is always people. Yeah. Sometimes it's legion. And he is many. And and we need to know that. And, and, and what does Jesus do? He says a word, get out. And, and the demon begs, well, can we go into the pigs? That's how much control and authority Jesus has. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever. And all the pigs die. So, um... Yeah, yeah and, I mean, well, Jesus yeah. lands on the shore, yeah, and this man mm-hmm. runs toward Jesus and falls right. at his feet, yeah, and when everybody, <laughs> yeah, he, I believe he's falling at his feet, yeah, taking a knee and yeah. bowing because yeah. he says, "Are you here to punish me? Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. here to torture me?" Right, right. So he's recognizing the authority of Christ, mm-hmm. and and then, like you said, at his word, mm-hmm. you know, it's just unreal. Yeah. So here's what I would say: pastors are fake. Churches are fake. Organizations are fake. That doesn't mean Jesus is fake. Mm. Yeah. So, thanks for having me. Well, you drove two hours this morning <laughs> from Riverside because, uh, and there was how many car accidents on the way here? Seven. <laughs> Dude, people. I said, I said, hey, I want to answer this question. Are angels and demons real? Yeah. Is the supernatural real? I had to call you because yeah, when I've been you. in these situations, you know, you've been a friend to me for a long mm-hmm. time and always offer your your mission statement is real with God, real with others, real with ourselves. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that that's what you you did today, you know? And like I was saying, like the moments where your eyes got teary is because you're sincerely, you sincerely want people to know and recognize that Jesus is who he says he is. Yeah. Thanks for having me, brother. Love you. Yeah. Hey, well, um, you taught, you told a story about an angel, (laughs) told a story about a demon, told a story about a, (laughs) about raising a kid back to to life. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing you want people to know. Yeah. The spiritual world is real. And the sooner you come to grips with that, um, you know, and, and some people say, oh, I'm spiritual. And I say, so is the devil. So, um, we, we, we need authority and we need power to navigate this world that we can't see. We see the effects of it, but, um, we, we can't always see it. And, and, and Jesus is the guide. That's yeah. who you need. That's how you uncomplicate it. Amen. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Love you.